Hey listeners and welcome to the Surf Coast Creatives Podcast. I'm your host Ben Hucker. If this is your first time tuning into the podcast, then we hope you enjoy today's episode. But what is this pod all about? Well, we tell the stories of doers, thinkers and creatives on the Surf Coast in Australia. Why do we do it? Well, we think the coast is a melting pot of creative minds from the city, the country and the coast and we wanted to get their stories out there. Each episode is packed full of insight and a good dose of practical hints and tips from our guests. Our guest today is one of my favourite podcast hosts, Mr. Andrew Helmich. Andrew is the host of a very popular photography business podcast called Photo Biz X. If you're a photographer, then chances are you've probably heard of the podcast, but if you're wanting to build your photography business with a consistent flow of clients, then this is the episode for you. Andrew is an entrepreneur, a photographer, and now author living on the Central Coast in New South Wales. He talks about the importance of work-life balance, and especially that life balance part of the equation. Find out how Andrew's basically built a business around his lifestyle. He's, He's nailed it. Living the dream, as they say. But Andrew and his wife have been running their photography business for more than 14 years, and Andrew has now racked up more than 400 episodes for his podcast. He's got an incredible platform and community of followers as proof of his success. Tune in for an in-depth chat with Andrew about how to get clients using Facebook ads. We talk about much more, including Andrew's passion for art and creativity and his advice for budding photographers, not only photographers but creatives as well, who rely on having a consistent flow of client bookings. It's an absolute ripper. Andrew is an awesome guy and we can tell you now he's given away the farm on this episode of the podcast. No stone unturned as they say but leave us a rating on itunes after the show or better yet share the episode with one friend that would really help us out once again i'm your host ben hucker this is episode number 46 of the surf coast creatives podcast enjoy well it's a big warm welcome to one of my favorite podcast hosts actually it's pretty awesome opportunity not every day you get to interview one of your favorite podcast hosts so please welcome to the surf coast creatives podcast mr andrew helmich Hey Ben and Jess, thanks for having me. Excited to excited to do this. It's nice to be on the other side of the microphone. Yeah, I was going to say, how many how many podcasts do you get to actually go on from the other side of the fence? You might say. <laughs> yeah, there's always a few a year. Um, I don't go chasing them, but um, yeah, there, there's always requests that, that pop up throughout the year. So I, I guess uh, probably four or five a year. Yeah, it's an absolute privilege to have you on the show today, Andrew. So I really appreciate your time. Your Photo Biz X podcast, just for our listeners, make sure you tune into that after today's podcast. It's an absolute ripping podcast. If you're a photographer and you haven't heard of it, then you've got to do yourself a favour and get on board and tune into a few episodes. So really practical business advice. And, yeah, I think the best thing about PhotoBizX is, you know, realising that you don't have to starve basically as a creative, do you? Like you, you interview so many guests that show that it's possible to make a really, really good living uh, from their creative pursuit. Yeah, for sure. It's um, uh, there's such a wide range and diverse range of guests I've had on the show, like from from people that are going full time to those that have been established and been in business for twenty or twenty plus years, and uh, everyone's got a different story and a different way of doing business. And uh, what I found after four hundred and I think com- coming up to four hundred and fifty episodes is everyone has something unique about their business and the way they do things. And, and there's always something special that someone shares that I think, wow, I haven't heard that before. And, and it still blows me away that after that many episodes, I'm still learning myself. And there's always something for us to implement and uh, use to grow our own businesses, which is, it's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations, putting it all together. How many years is that now with 400 plus episodes? 
Mate, it's, it's one a week. It's every Monday. I don't think I've missed a, a week. And uh, so I must be coming up to seven or eight years now. Eight years. I'd wow. Say. There you wow. go. <laughs> That's commitment. That is commitment. Well done. Here we are burning out after 12 months. <laughs> You've been at it for seven years. <laughs> That's so good. And I can say without doubt that you publish every Monday. That's another thing I loved, like your consistency. You're like you don't compromise on that ever. Even when you go to the Tour de France and other things, the Giro d'Italia, because you're, you're a massive cycling fan and an active cyclist as well. You don't miss it. No, no, I love cycling. And, uh, yeah, I, I, tend, I tend to record my interviews before I go on a holiday or a trip like that, but I'm still releasing and recording the, the intro and outro every week while I'm in France or in Spain or wherever I am in, in the world. And uh, for those, well, what, were, what was our winter months but has been on hold for the last couple of years because of COVID. So I've had to take up golf and add that to cycling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure your wife is really happy about that. <laughs> Mate, she's happy to have me out of the house and out of her hair. <laughs> I mean, she can focus on the business side of things as well. <laughs> Get some work done. That's right. That's gone from four-hour rides to four-hour games of golf or more. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's brilliant. Well, Andrew, keen to hear more about your personal story in a second, but we're going to open up with our Breaking the Ice segment. I'll get our co-host Jess to take you through question number one. Uh, Andrew, where were you born? I was born in Canberra. I was there for about 12 months and then we moved up to Sydney or mum and dad moved us up to Sydney. Oh, wow. And now based on the central coast, I do believe. Yeah, so growing up, we lived in, well, I lived in, I think it was 20 different houses. That's how um, uh, oh, mum wow. and dad, they, they would um, buy a house and slowly do it up a little bit and then we'd move uh, somewhere else. And yep. uh, so that we, we settled in Monavale on the northern beaches in Sydney and 20-odd um, years ago, Linda and I moved to the central coast, been here ever since. Beautiful part of the world. We're actually in southern New South Wales a few weeks ago, so not quite up to the central coast, but magnificent part of the world. Been there, been through there before. Do you surf? And what, what does the ocean mean to you? Well, we've always lived near the coast. Um, so I was in Ballina before Monavale, then Monavale, then here on the coast. So we, we always stay near the coast. I said to, or I say to Linda and friends that if I didn't live near the coast, it'd have to be in the mountains. But for us, it's always been the coast. And, uh, you know, grow up, growing up in Monavale and before that Ballina, I learned to surf. And um, surfing was a huge part of my, my life growing up. I surfed before school, after school. There'd be three surfs every day on the weekends with my mates. And, um, yeah, I don't, it, it seemed to, fizzle out slowly uh, I think as as business and life sort of um, sort of got in the way of the surfing and uh, you know what it's like you, you want to be surfing every day when you're surfing and, and pretty it's much hard to, yeah it's hard just to go <laughs> once a week or once a fortnight it just sort of yeah fizzled out which is which is a shame and um, yeah now now cycling is a huge part of my life what's your favorite activity to zone out to yeah, it's probably cycling. Uh, cycling, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you're cycling, I mean, I can't listen to anything. I don't have headphones in. I think it's just too dangerous usually or focusing on what I'm doing, um, particularly if it's racing uh, or training. So, yeah, cycling is my thing for, to, to zone out. Oh, there's nothing better being on a long ride, especially down the coast, and you can really zone out. I mean, you've got to keep an eye on cars and other things and be aware, but there is nothing better once you're out there and in the zone. Yeah. Are there lots of hills around where you are or is it like you fast and flat really? No, there's, there's a bit of bit of choice, but there's plenty of hills if you want to go looking for them. So this morning I did uh, a series of hills um, out in the old road and then yeah. if you stick close to the coast, you've got pretty flat rides. So you've really got a, a choice, which is great. Nice. That's good. Yeah. And just for the cyclists out there, including myself, <laughs> how often do you ride per week and how many k's do you do? 
Uh, What's so your I'm, average speed? <laughs> <laughs> so when I'm when I'm training, uh, it's usually 400 k's a week and wow. five five oh, days wow. a week on the bike. Yeah, yeah. so five days uh, generally. So training for the next year's Tour de France, by the way. Well, yeah, mate. Usually, usually I'm um, peak, like getting fit, really fit right now to go to France. Um, yep. So now it's uh, because of COVID, it's, it's focusing on racing and state races and things like that. So, oh, cool. um, yeah, yeah. So they do a lot of clubbies and crits and things. Absolutely, yeah. So crits have just started. We've got road races as well, local road races around here. So there's plenty going on. We're just uh, tapping into the Surf Coast Creative Cycling Podcast, but <laughs> we'll, move, <laughs> we'll move on just to question number three. Um, so this one is pretty obvious to people who know you, but are, full, are you a full-time or a part-time creative? Yeah, full-time. Uh, and I think, I think it was entrepreneur and creative, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, well, sorry. Yeah, yeah definitely full-time, 100%. How long have you been full-time? It's over 20 years now. So it was pretty cool when I made the transition. Um, I knew that photography, I wanted to make that a huge part of my life. And uh, Linda, my wife, she she was 100% supportive. But we already had a mortgage and um, we had kids. So I I went part-time at my other job, my full-time job. I went part-time first. I did a job share with another guy. And um, as the as the photography business grew, there was a chance to um, to to build that while I was part time. And then the other guy I was job sharing with, he quit, and our bosses said, "Well, Andrew, you got to come back full time, or you have to leave as well." And I said, "All right, oh, wow. that's, that's the push I need. I'm going to leave." And um, like so many people that make that decision, it was like, oh, I should have done that two years ago. I shouldn't yeah. have waited so long. So, yeah, that was it was a nice, easy transition for me. Um, still stressful, but e- easier than quitting uh, straight yeah. up and going into photography. Yeah. And just for our listeners, you went into photography. Was that wedding photography or portraits or? Yeah, straight into weddings and I uh, I went out with a friend of mine who was a photographer, wedding photographer and school teacher, and he sort of let me sort of carry his bags for a few weddings, and uh, he also let me take a few photos once I sort of stood, uh, understood how things worked and used those in my portfolio, those images. Then I booked a, a couple of friends of friends' weddings and just supplied, uh, you know, printed an extra copy of uh, photos for me for a display for a portfolio. And then from there, Linda and I went off to our first bridal expo and um, booked, a, booked a heap of weddings, and we were off and running. So it was weddings first, and then when I went full time, um, we brought in portraits and commercial work. And it's funny, I had a really embarrassing business name when I first started. It was called <laughs> it was called Weddings Portraits Anything. <laughs> I'll do anything, <laughs> absolutely, and I would have too. <laughs> That's a cool name. We, we were just uh, yeah photographing anything we could for money uh, just to survive and uh, make make it work. And then you know you learn as you grow that it's better to sort of specialize a bit more. And we we. We changed our business name. But, but in saying that, we still photographed weddings, portraits, commercial work um, as the business grew. Actually, just while we're there, for photographers starting out, do you recommend that they go abroad and get some lots and lots of experience across different industries? Or I know that your photography and uh, the podcast focuses a lot on going down a niche and sticking to it. Which one would you recommend in light of a broad sort of approach to things actually working for you at the beginning? Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny hearing you ask me these questions because these, <laughs> these are the questions that I ask my, my guests. And um, I, I really think it depends on where you're based. So for me on, on the Central Coast, uh, it's not a huge population, probably similar to you guys where you are. Um, so in that regard, I think it's uh, okay and probably a good thing to, to be a bit broader and generalise a bit more. Uh, but if you're in the city or you've got a, a big population around you, then I think it makes more sense to specialise. 
And, um, yeah, and I think you can specialise while being broad. I mean, I, weddings are what I was known for here on the Central Coast, but we still photograph families and, and that they complemented each other well. And now, and these days I'm photographing and getting requests for a lot of commercial work from my past portrait and wedding clients. All so right. they all tie in together nicely for me. But in saying that, I could never, I'm not in a position to charge what, say, uh, a dedicated commercial photographers charge. Yeah. Uh, I just, I work up an hourly rate and um, I'm happy with what I'm getting for that commercial work. But I'm sure commercial photographers, say, in Sydney or Melbourne, would be charging a ton more than me. And yeah. offering, a lot, offering a lot more for it. I like that answer because people usually say one or the other, you know, the hardcore in the niche or hardcore broad. But that's sort of in between. You know, if you're in a big city, <clears throat> then it pays to go down a niche because you've got the population. But if you're not in the big city, then, yeah, it probably pays to be a bit more broad and a bit more open-minded, which is great. Uh, question number four, Jess. Oh, just before we go, you're still shooting actively. Yeah, not as much as what I was. So I don't photograph weddings anymore. Uh, so we have associate shooters in the business. So um, so the website's still up and running. Uh, I don't market super hard uh, for the weddings. But if a wedding inquiry comes in because we've been shooting for so long, we'll pass it straight on to one of our associate shooters. Uh, if they're not available, I recommend another local photographer. So we're always looking to – we never just say, no, sorry, we're, we're not doing that. We'll, we'll always try and capitalise and, and help the inquiry, the person making the inquiry. And yeah. if we can pass it on to a friend, a photographer friend, that's going to be good for us as well in the, in the long run and for them. Yeah, fantastic. Mm. Uh, question number four, Jess. Are you a camper or a glamper? I would have said camper when I was younger, but I think Lin- Linda, her influences made me a glamper. <laughs> she won't That's go a- anywhere unless there's an ensuite. <laughs> that counts out every campsite in the whole of Australia. <laughs> unless you get a cabin. Yeah, yeah. She'll take a cabin. That's the only way I'll get her camping. Yeah. And you can't call the old Dropbox an ensuite either. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, Linda, I don't think Jess would either, would she? No, <laughs> definitely not. I think some blokes would. But well, that's yeah. So camping is a glamping. Uh, question number five. Actually, I read on your bio that you don't watch much TV, but do you have a favorite TV series? Currently? Yeah, I saw this, I saw this question. So favorite Netflix series? Again, I don't I don't watch much TV hardly at all, and I, I try not to watch any series on Netflix. I do not want to get hooked into watching twenty something hours of TV. But the the Formula One Drive to Survive that was that was oh, awesome. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. There's a new season. Have you watched that one? Yeah, season three, I've watched that yeah. one. And, yeah, it's, I'm hooked. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Because <laughs> F1 can be such a sort of vanilla sport. I mean, just watching cars go round and round and round. To go behind the scenes like that was just something else. I totally agree. I mean, I'm not into cars and car racing, and I thought the same. It was just cars going around. But once you see the personalities of the drivers, the teams, um, how they're all fighting for every single position, it, yeah. was, uh, it was, yeah, you get invested in the sport pretty easily. Yeah. I never realised the big tussles are actually between, you know, seventh and eighth. Yeah, and even the Not same first team. And second. Yeah. And the same team yeah. trying to kill the each drivers, other, these guys. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Danny Ricardo's got a lot to answer for at Red Bull. Which was <laughs> <laughs> interesting to see, but it's it was a good to see an Aussie guy taking them on. Unreal. Yeah, he's a piece of personality too, isn't he? He's great to great to watch. Yeah. Just on your philosophy of not watching TV, is that it sounds deliberate? Is that uh, is that a time when you knuckle down and get the the business side of things done, or is that a time to sort of zone out and read a book or do something yeah. you enjoy? I'll read. I mean, I'll still watch YouTube, and um, I just say I just don't want to get hooked into 
to, to long series on TV and um, spend 18, 20 hours in, in front of the TV. So, and I guess it, because I'm cycling or playing golf and doing other things, got kids, um, you know, I, I'd rather have less time in front of the TV and do those other things. Yeah, you've got two boys, don't you? Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, yeah, they're getting on now, 23 and 21. The, the 21 oh, wow. year old Jordan's about to move out of home. So, much ah. to <laughs> Linda's not happy about it. But uh, <laughs> she, wants, she wants them here till they're 40. I'm like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> got to let them go at some stage. Exactly. Well, yeah, it sounds like you might have the nest to yourself. We've actually got our house on the market as we speak. Oh, and wow. uh, yeah, we're ready to downsize and get something yeah. a bit smaller. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Uh, question number six, Jess. Um, where's the first place you'd go for a coffee on the Central Coast? Oh, I thought Before. you were going to say the Torquay Coast. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a real curly question if we said Torquay. <laughs> well, if you had us said Torquay, I, I would have said I would uh, just cruise down the street looking for uh, somewhere that's busy and yeah. go and check go and check it out. Yeah. Uh, that, that's yeah. what I'm looking for. And it's the same in Terrigal too. Um, it, it used to be, well, it used to be this, this coffee shop called Driftwood who does, I think, the best coffee in town. And the, the owners are, um, they're, they're they're a couple uh, with the strangest personality. He looks like he hates life. He hates <laughs> customers. He yeah. hates work. <laughs> and he he doesn't he doesn't bow down to anyone for anything. Yeah. And it's uh, you get a show every time you go there to have a coffee because he's ridiculous the way he treats <laughs> customers. Customers. Oh wow! <laughs> he sounds like that soup Nazi of um, Seinfeld. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. If you ask for something that's not on the menu, they are not changing it. Yeah. <laughs> not, <laughs> No you want so tomato weird. sauce? No, no tomato sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Have you actually spent any time in Torquay or the Surf Coast? Mate, I haven't, to be honest. No, um, it's a little bit of time in Melbourne and then Adelaide for the tour down under, but not, uh, not your part of the world, unfortunately. Oh, you have to get down sometime. And if you do, then make sure you drop into Ocean Grind. Actually, you can order their coffee online, so... Oh, really? They're a really good provider. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. We host our monthly meetups there with creatives. Uh, question number seven, Jess. Well, this will be interesting because you're in New South Wales. So were you busy during COVID or or flat? Yeah, for um, well, me personally, I was busy because the, the podcast didn't stop. Um, we, we were still able to work most of the time. Um, we <laughs> yeah. had to wear masks occasionally, um, mm-hmm. but we, we've been let off the hook pretty easily compared to, say, Melbourne. I don't know what it's like uh, for you guys in Torquay, if it's been the same, but um, we, we've been relatively, relatively untouched. Uh, yeah, we've been pretty lucky. It's been a lot more severe in Melbourne. Like we can't complain compared to what they've been through in the CBD in Melbourne and surrounding suburbs. Mm. Yeah, it, look, it's the same. The same here. That's right. And I think you know, photography slowed down a bit because people were uh, unsure of what what, the, what was going to be happening. And mm. look, looking at Melbourne and Melbourne and seeing what's happening there. But coming out of it, and with JobKeeper and JobSeeker, um, not people not going on holidays. There's actually a, a lot of people have a lot of money spare to spend yeah. on on toys and toys is like, you know, like there's no bikes in the shop, surfboards are selling yeah. out, um, golf memberships are closed because they're all full. Um, so people have money to spend on photography and creative pursuits, So, yeah. which is a good thing for us. Yeah, I see a lot of um, personal branding photographers have kind of last year was a bit of an epoch. Like, you know, people sort of, I guess had the time to sit back and really think about their, their branding and their message and what they want to convey to the market and plenty of spare time to do some shoots as well. So I see a lot of personal branding photographers getting a lot of work. Yeah, it's good. It's good, isn't it? I mean, for, for photographers uh, and creatives in general, I think uh, things things are pretty good if you live in Australia. Mm. Yeah. 
And a lot of people went online last year, so a lot of like products had to be shot and yes. all that sort of stuff. So that was a whole like boost for their industry, really. That yeah, exactly. Like so like, I think, um, did you see a coffee shop, uh, Ocean Grind, was it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, they. I imagine they. If they weren't already online, they would have gone online. They would have had all yeah. their products photographed and then set up an online yeah. store and. Yeah, it's kind of forced that technology adoption, hasn't it? I mean, there's a, I guess we kind of lagged a little bit compared to places like South Korea and other parts of Asia in terms of technology adoption. So it really forced, I mean, meetings on Zoom now are par for the course. I mean, if yeah. you say you're having a meeting on Zoom, people know what you mean immediately. Mm. So. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I spoke to a photographer in Melbourne uh, just yesterday on Messenger, uh, Ian Sim, and he he hasn't done an in-person sales session uh, since uh, 2019, and he said all these sales sessions are over Zoom, and his sales numbers have not dropped one bit, wow. which oh, is, wow. yeah, he was really surprised when he went back and checked the numbers. So, yeah, I mean, people, everyone has adopted Zoom as, or, you know, online, uh, doing business online as a, a normal way of life now. Yeah. yeah, it's a great way to connect, and that's the reason we're connecting with you today. We're hosting this via Zoom, so it's a great application. Time saver too for, you know, time poor people, business owners and stuff. Yeah, although I would have loved to have come to Torquay to do this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We what could have you done this fl- at Ocean Grind. I really should have flown your guests down yeah, there. <laughs> Bring your bike, we'll go for a ride. Exactly. Show me a few moves on the surfboard. Uh, so that is the end of our Breaking the Ice segment, Andrew. So thanks for participating there. Did you enjoy that? <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> easy, easy. I was waiting for Jess to hit me with the hard yeah, questions. They're coming. Well, she makes it out to be all nice, but watch out. She's like that lady on the 7.30 report. She'll just go after you. Mm-hmm. We covered a little bit there. We'd like to – we get a lot of listeners who are at the stage of being a hobbyist and they want to make the transition to full-time. So we covered, the, covered it there with your transition just briefly before. Do you want to take us through a bit more – in a bit more detail? So you mentioned that, you know, you got basically the ultimatum from your employer, either stay with us, stay or go, and you chose to go. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about your thinking behind that? And was it, a, you mentioned you had the, the mortgage at the time, is that right? Yeah, we had mortgage, we had, we had, we had mortgage, we had uh, kids as well. And um, so it was a little bit scary. Linda wasn't working, she's a full-time mum. And uh, we had the photography business. Things were looking good, like we were booking lots and lots of weddings. And, I, and, and our thinking was that if I was able to stop work altogether, I would have more time to spend on marketing and also to do photography during the week. So that would be commercial and portrait shoots. And, you know, you always think these things, but you don't know how they're really going to play out until you do, until you do leave the job and you go full time. But that, that's, that's how it did work out. So um, the minute I stopped working full time, I, I had an extra week. Uh, every two weeks because I was doing a job share situation one week on, one week off. I had an extra uh, week every two weeks to, to work on the business and that's what we did. We got stuck in and there was, you know, it wasn't like um, you have a choice. It's either make this work or go back to a full-time job. Um, but we we were already well in our way. We could see that, that the weddings were profitable. Um, I loved doing them. I loved the work. Uh, Linda was great in the on the sales side of things and in the studio. Um doing the admin so we we knew it worked as a i guess the formula so it was just a matter of applying ourselves more and and going after it and how long ago was this when you started yeah over 20 years probably 25 years ago now so this is pre-facebook and instagram and social media and yeah facebook ads and other things which we wanted to talk about today in terms of booking clients but how did you go about getting clients in those early days 
Yeah, it's funny because it was all film too. So it was no digital, all film. My first, um, I was one of the first photographers in my area to go digital. And uh, we're talking about this recently that my first digital camera was a Nikon D1X. It was $11,300 for the body only. Wow. wow. <laughs> and we used, to, we used to pay a dollar per megabyte for, for memory for our cards. A oh dollar a megabyte, which wow. is insane. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, things have changed a lot. And um, so I'd be walking around with a $20,000 kit in my bag, um, which was just blew me away. Um, that was basically your toolkit. So back to your question, getting, getting clients then uh, was Bridal Expos for us. That was the biggest thing. Expos. Yeah. Expos. And uh, so I, I photographed two weddings, friends of friends, and uh, that was our portfolio. We, we did double prints. Uh, that really, really... Um, uh, you would laugh if you saw them today. They were just photos basically stuck into an album. Uh, that's what we are doing when we first started. And we went to this big bridal expo. There were lots of photographers like there always is. And um, we, we basically filled our calendar. And interestingly for me, my the first two brides or couples that I photographed, they were quite large couples. And I didn't have a choice because so that they, those like everyone wants to do the – the hot couple and have them in their portfolio. And I, you just, I had to have my portfolio exist with the cup with the couples that I'd photographed who were larger couples. So I booked every large couple that came to that expo because I was the only photographer there that had large couples in their portfolio. And um, I was totally fine with that. And mm. uh, they're all beautiful people. And we had a great time at the weddings, but it was just interesting to me to note that um, the, the couples that came through, they all, was you know saying similar things that you're the only photographer here showing larger couples in your portfolio and and to me it was purely an accident it was just uh, happened to be that way yeah and um yeah so my my first year of shooting weddings was all with like mostly with larger couples which was um which was great well there you go you actually found a niche by mistake yeah purely by by accident accident. Yeah. yeah but in saying that you know like um while you like, you always still want to photograph the the hot couple. Everyone wants that in their portfolio because that's what you're hmm. seeing when you're looking at other photographers' websites and things like that. But at the end of the yeah. day, it didn't. It, business was as strong or stronger than ever because of um, the way I got started. How long did you stick with that niche? Uh, it, it just slowly transitioned to become just everyone. You yeah, know, because then all, because like back then too, if it wasn't through an expo, it was well we always, we had yellow pages ads, which was insane. We used to pay thousands for, for yellow pages ads, and uh, we also used to have ads in magazines. So that were the three yep. ways to advertise, and then word of mouth. Mm-hmm. So that niche sort of changed just through, I guess, mostly through word of mouth because you photograph a wedding, there's a bridal party of eight people and they see you working, they, they yeah. fall in love with your style and your personality and then they end up booking you and the business yeah. grew pretty quickly. And just on that transition as well <clears throat> from full-time job to photographer, it sounds like you were doing photography part-time while you were working. Is that right? Like it was- yeah, yeah. So I started, um, I had a full-time job. I was shooting, shooting weddings on the weekends and then uh, we thought, okay, this has got a, this has got uh, a possibility of becoming a proper income. So then I went part time at the main job. Um, yeah, that was for a few years, and then then left that and went full time. So it was a slow transition, but I guess it happened all pretty quickly over a series of probably three years. In this day and age, three years, like a lot of people would be, if they don't have that client base they want after six, twelve months, people tend to move on to the next thing. But it goes to show you had to stick at it. 
Yeah, I mean, the bookings were coming in, and I think back then too, it was more noticeable that people would book 12 or 18 months in advance. I think these days it's getting a little bit closer. Uh, people aren't always booking 12 months in advance. So, you know, I, I could see that, and that was the beauty of weddings. Like, a, you know, it might be, uh, you know, year, year A and people are booking year B, so you can see your calendar filling up. So you think, okay, yeah. next year is going to be, we're set. We've just got to keep working on the following year or fill in the gaps. Yeah. Uh, and that happened pretty easily. So when the, when the business grew, started growing fast, uh, it started to take off. Then we started to bring in uh, associate shooters and things like that. And that's when um, and we, we opened a second studio down the road. I'm uh, sorry, down the line uh, in another city in Newcastle. And um, things just grew and grew, which was, was fantastic. And just as, as a comparison, so 25, 20, 25 years ago, how would you rate the competition now in terms of, you know, it seems that there's a lot of wedding photographers out there, a lot of really high-quality wedding photographers was there a lot of competition? There was. Um, I think the competition was different. It was, I, it's so hard to say because I, I was an up-and-comer. So I'm young. I was keen as, like all the young photographers today, and I was embracing technology. Like the, the older guys that I was, I was coming into their scene, there was me and another guy, Corey, who ended up working with us still does today and um we were the sort of up and comers and we embraced digital and the old guys are saying that's never going to work and they'll be they'll be bagging out digital and saying it's the resolution's not high enough and they were very protective of their their locations and things like that mm. so it was definitely it was definitely competitive it was but it feels like it's more competitive today yeah and so but i don't know if that's because i'm now the older guy um but I, I don't feel as protective, I don't think, as what the older guys did when I was younger. Yeah. But I think there's, it feels like there's more, it's easy to get into photography today for sure. It's probably a visual thing too. It probably feels like there's a lot more competition just because of things like Instagram, like you see it on a daily basis. Everywhere, everywhere, <clears throat> you know. And back then, like when I started it, I was a film, I was a film shooter. So that was definitely less competition there. But the guys that were in the game were very, very protective. And yeah. they were they were they didn't want to let any new guys in. They didn't like to see new young guys coming in. Um, yeah. There was one or two that were welcoming, but most of them didn't like it. Yeah, I can actually vouch for that. A couple of years ago, I made a foray into family portraits and wedding photography as well, and did a couple of weddings, did a lot of family portraits. And yeah, I, I kind of reached out to a couple of old school guys that have been around for thirty, forty years, and didn't get a great reception. <laughs> they were polite, but. Kind of a friendly, please go away. Yeah, right. So, you, I mean, why do you think that is? Do you think they're trying to protect their income or, like, what, what's the reason? I, just what you were talking about then, just very protective. And, yeah, I think it was a matter of it's probably that mindset of scarcity, like there's not enough to go around, especially, you know, a regional town where I was doing those shoots. Right. It's kind of like I've been here, this is my turf. Yep. You need to work another 20 years before I even, you know, open up a conversation. Yeah, which, which I guess, I mean, I don't know why we expect them to be friendly and supportive, but, I mean, I, I am, I would be. <laughs> but, but if I, you know, like my, my youngest son, he's a locksmith or he was a locksmith, um, if I go and open a locksmith business in the same area, I'm sure his boss wouldn't be welcoming to me either. So That's why true. should a photographer? I mean, it's strange, isn't it? We're stepping on their toes a little bit. We're going to affect their income potentially. Which is why it's great to have podcasts like Photo Biz X as well because you realise, you know, how, how helpful people are and how willing people are to educate and 
uh, pass on their knowledge to other photographers who are trying to make their way. Well, the, honestly, the, the whole reason I started the the podcast was because when I when I did start, I it wasn't until I joined the AIPP that I realised how much I didn't know. I would um, I didn't know that you could upsell. I didn't know you could um, you know charge two thousand dollars for a wedding, but then sell another two thousand dollars worth of extra pages on the wedding album after the wedding. I, I didn't know that existed. Um, I didn't know how to, you know, set up my pricing to encourage people to spend more, how to set up my packet, all these things I didn't know. Yeah. Um, I, I learned slowly. If I had known those earlier, I would, I'm sure I'd be doing better now. So, and that's why I started the podcast, to try and get that information out there. Yeah, it's a brilliant podcast. So if you do get a chance, make sure you tune in. And speaking of, you know, you talked about some tactics and strategies there that you weren't aware of. Let's get into the nitty gritty of some practical strategies. So I think in the intro, we, we talked about getting clients like our listener base, you know, it's a pretty broad audience in terms of creatives. So we get a lot of photographers. We also get a lot of freelancers and illustrators, designers, uh, a lot of e-commerce retailers as well, trying to make their way. So I'm keen to chat about some specific strategies, especially using paid ads and especially taking into account the wedding expos are gone. The yellow pages is kind of gone. I think you can list still list in the yellow pages, can't you? But uh, probably not as effective as it once was. And what was the other method that you used? Oh, magazines. 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 Which can yeah. be really expensive to, to advertise in. So let's go down that path of online paid ads. Take us through it, Andrew. How do we go about getting clients so i gather it's going to be for photographers in your case but this could equally be applied to other genres would you say yeah for sure for sure i think that the easiest uh easiest style of ad to run to bring in bookings fast is where you offer something for free and i I know that's probably the listener is thinking oh man i don't want to shoot for free or do a design for free or give anything away for free Yep. But it's, a, it's an easy way to get attention and it's an easy way to get in front of your potential client. So for, for me, if I, if I want to bring in, let's say, engaged couples, uh, and this would work for families, for kids, for pet photographers, this would potentially work for designers as well, for a, any kind of freelancer, as long as they can give something away mm-hmm. for free to get in front of their ideal clients. So I would run an ad and I would be super specific with my headline. I'd say who, exactly who I'm after. So uh, let's, take, let's take talk weddings. I would say uh, wanted, uh, engaged couples, uh, gorgeous engaged couples who are happy to be uh, affectionate in front of the camera and up for some fun uh, for some uh, for some for some uh, modern looking photos, for example. That's, that's me and Jess. Yeah, perfect. There you go. <laughs> We're your first client. <laughs> there you go. So you you would be scrolling through uh, yep. Facebook and you would see a, a great photo of a couple. Uh, and to be fair, it's it's usually the girls that see it, but. In my case, when I've run these ads, I've also attracted guys to these ads. Um, so all I've got to do is grab your attention with a great photo. Then you read that headline. And like you just said, uh, Ben, oh, you're talking about me and Jess. So that means my ad is already working. All I've done is caught your attention now. And the next step is to get you to read the next lines mm-hmm. um, of my ad. And my ad might say something like, um, I'm looking to try out some new locations, um, but it could be I could be looking to try out some new uh, new camera equipment, some new lighting, some new posing, some new techniques. I could be. Tr- I just want to. I want to have a reason for, for attracting you guys and giving away these shoots for free. So 
I want to try out some new locations. I'd say these, uh, this offer's only available for five awesome couples. These shoots are free. Yes, totally free. Um, you just have to be happy with me using your photos in my online portfolio. So I'm basically saying who I want. The, the shoots are for free. Um, I'm also going to include a, a small print or I could give you a print credit. Either one works um, as, a, as a thank you for your time. So you're, you're getting something in this. Um, you're getting something for free. You, there's, no, there's no monetary commitment for you guys to say yes. Mm-hmm. And you're also responding to the fact that you are the person I'm looking for in this ad. Um, and I'm going to say to get involved, um, I, I could say something like to get involved, uh, let me know your favorite location to hang out on the weekends, you know, in, down below. So you're going to leave a comment down below. And then I would also finish off with, um, a line like if you know someone, if you know, a a, a great looking fun energetic couple who are happy to get out and explore that are romantic and would love great photos, please make sure they see this post. And the reason I would add that at the end is because if your friends see that, let's say one of Jess's friends sees that and Mm. she shares it with Jess, she's basically telling Jess that I think you and Ben are gorgeous, fun, outgoing, romantic so she looks like the great person for sharing it with you guys because she said yeah. all these nice things about you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I want to make sure that people are sharing this post. And then when you leave a comment below, to, so Ben or, or you, Jess, get in there and say, hey, that's us. Uh, we'd love to hang out at uh, Torquay Beach and uh, uh, at the local coffee shop and when we've got some downtime. By you commenting there, I can then PM you and then take you to the next step. Okay. And I'm going I'm to try and qualify you because I, I'm not going to go and give you a free session unless I know that you're getting married, or you've got a set date, that you're getting married on a day that I don't have a wedding already booked mm-hmm. and that you do sound like a good fit for me and um, you're potentially going to be booking me for your wedding. I'm just thinking of that in terms of an illustrator and designer as well or even a, a branding expert. It could be something like, you know, I'm building a portfolio of, of clients for my new business and I'd like to do a branding session with XYZ. If you fit this category, then apply within. Yeah, so for let's say for a branding session, you, you mean a brand um, like a... Like a graphic designer, you know, doing a so basic what, what, design package. Right, okay. So, so a designer would have to think a little bit outside the square and think, okay, what can I give away for free that lets me show this potential client that I am a, a fantastic designer and a good fit to take on the whole project. Hmm. So um, I, I'm not a graphic designer, but maybe they could, um, you know, get in, I'm looking for f- five businesses that are looking to do a rebrand. I'm going to give away a free color consult. I'm going to help you work out your new brand colors with yep. this new technique that I've learned and I want to practice. Yeah. These, these, brand, um, these brand color sessions are totally free for five, uh, five of the right clients. You have to be okay with me using this uh, in my portfolio, whatever, all the things I just said. Yep. yep. Uh, and then because that designer, all they need to do is get on the phone with me. Let's say I'm looking to do a rebrand. Yep. And, uh, and she tells me that these are the right colours for this reason and she, and she says, you know, and this is going to have this sort of effect on your clients and this is why you want these colours and not those colours. And straight away I'm thinking, wow, like, 
this this designer knows what they're talking about. Yeah. And I'm, what else can you do? Like, how else yeah. can you help me? Yeah. And that that's the foot in the door that she needs. And then in the beginning of a relationship, hopefully. And yeah. what sort of image would you use in the in the ad itself, given that it's focused on branding, would you still use a, a clean cut image, which tends to rate a lot better than, you know, ads that look like ads. It's more about using clean images. So would you use an image of yourself, maybe a, a casual image? It, it could be. Look, it really depends on the business, Ben. So I think, so for me, let, let's say I, one of my ads for engaged couples, I want to try out uh, a new black and white technique. I'm going to throw up a black and white image that looks striking. This, yep. all, all I need to do is stop you and Jess in your Facebook feed from scrolling past. And, yep. I, and then I need you to read the first line. Mm, so a yep. designer might throw up something quirky. It could be a photo of them. It could be a design they've done for uh, another client. It could yep. be just a, it could be just a plain, um, say two two different colors square a rectangle. Mm. Say what are your brand colors? It could be just a bit of text on there. So a, a designer yep. will be able to come up with something striking. Yeah, the, the photo needs to stop the potential client scrolling, and then the first line needs to be very specific. So this is where most people get this strategy wrong is they're too scared to be specific. So if I'm a designer, I want to be very specific about the client I'm looking for. Uh, Are you looking for uh, a photographer? Are you looking for another creative? Are you looking for someone in a corporate space? Are you looking for accountants, solicitors? Are you looking for uh, doctor surgeries, looking for a rebrand? So the more specific you can be, the more likely is that person is going to stop scrolling and went, oh, geez, this ad, this this ad is written for me. They're looking for me. That's what we yep. want. Yep. It's like for someone putting up their hand. This is me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And the worst thing we can do is be too general. And this is where most people are too scared with Facebook ads. They're too scared to be specific. Yeah. They, they want to go general because they're scared that not enough people will see my ad. Yeah. But Facebook is so good at finding the right people mm. when you when you run an ad that you have to trust the algorithm and trust your copy to do the heavy lifting. And in terms of uh, location and audience set on Facebook, I think they call it, but what sort of audience are you targeting there? You're just going, okay, we're on the surf coast, so everyone that's within 20 k's of the surf coast or? Yeah, so it, let's say it's a creative on the on the surf coast. Uh, so you've got your, let's say you've got your ad copy. So I, I would create my ad as a post on Facebook so it doesn't look like an ad yep. to start with. And I would write it like a personal post uh, on my Facebook page, not my personal profile. Then I would go into Ads Manager and create an ad from that post. And now you're talking about the the ad targeting inside the ad set level. So it depends on how these clients, these designers working. Let's say you're on the surf coast and you're a designer. You might happily be able to work with people in Melbourne via Zoom. So then, yeah, and let, let's target all of Melbourne and the surf coast. Yep. Um, or maybe you want to just just stick with locals uh, on the surf coast, then you would just go into the map area of the uh, ads manager and choose your location that you want to cover on the map. And you basically drop pins or put in postcodes of the area that you want to cover. You yeah. choose the age range. And you would also choose whether you want to be whether you want your ads to appear in front of men and women or yep. men or women. So for me, so with, with weddings, this is in, it was, what I found was interesting was I had a lot of photographers going through this same process and they were targeting only women. I targeted men as well. And what I found was if a, if a guy responded to my ad 
and, and I was able to talk to him and organise a photo shoot, that the, his fiance was absolutely hooked by the fact that he was taking interest in doing something yeah. for the wedding day. Like, Jess, Jess, I know if Ben sort of, you know, took the reins for some things, yeah. you'd be stoked because you'd be like, oh, he's yeah. invested in the day too. <laughs> yeah. He cares. He's excited. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's exactly. excited about Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I, if, if a guy responded to my ad, I was all over it and yeah. uh, I was making him feel a big part of it. I'd say, you know, where do you guys hang out? Are you, are you happy to get, get wet and get in the water and roll around in the sand or, you know, get into the creek with your clothes on? And he'd yeah. be like, yeah, yeah, whatever you want, Andrew. We, we, we're up for it. Get in the freezing ocean in your speedos. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'd make sure that he's having as good a time and as a bigger part of it as, as she was. And yeah. if he was happy to book me for the wedding, she was all for it. Like he, yeah. she was not going to get in the way. So yeah. I, I don't, don't be too quick to just go after men or women, depending yeah. on your yeah. business. Um, and then – one of the tricks, let's say you're a designer or a freelancer and you're targeting other business owners, a little trick you can do is with your interest-based targeting is target people that also are the admins of a Facebook page because you'll find that any business owner these days is the admin of a business page. So that's an easy way to sort of make sure you're talking to someone who actually has a business. Yeah. So if I'm the admin for um, PhotoBizX, uh, and someone and say Linda's not an admin for the page, for example, she mm-hmm. won't she won't see those ads, even though we both fit the the um, ad profile. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to see the ad, and I would expect that um, the ad would be written for someone like me that's looking for a designer or a freelancer. That's a nice sort of trick. So there must be a box you tick for admin of Facebook page. Yeah, so when you go down to interest-based targeting, so what, so what you want to do is when you're in the ad set level, up on the top right-hand side is uh, like a – it looks like a speedo, a car speedo, mm-hmm. and it shows the size of the audience that you're targeting. So let's say you type in Surf Coast, male and female, aged 25 to 50, and let's say it's uh, 300,000 people, for example. Yep. And then you go – and then you can go down into your interest-based targeting and let's say you choose um, – you narrow the audience to include only people that are admins for Facebook. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you click that and then what you'll see is that little speedo will drop down from 300 down to uh, 200,000 people. Yep. So you've now narrowed your audience and you know you're, you're more, being more specific. Yep. And then yeah. you can go on to be more targeted if you want to. Yeah. I was going to say, in terms of more targeting, would you go down the path of, you know, even something like fans of Photo BizX podcast or Facebook page? And yeah, so you can do that. So let's say uh, you're targeting entrepreneurs. You'd say you, you won't. It depends on the size of the audience whether it will show up in those interest-based targeting options. So Photo BizX. Facebook page likers probably wouldn't show up. But if I want to target people who like Gary V, for example, yeah, that's probably going to show up. Okay, so if I'm targeting entrepreneurs, there's a fair chance that most entrepreneurs that are, that are into online stuff will know about Gary V and probably potentially follow him. Yep. Um, so you could then include that as an interest-based targeting option. So like an, an added layout, people who like Tim Ferriss or Gary V or Tony exactly. Robbins or things like that. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. So you can say they they like either um, either of those guys, or or they must like all of those guys. You can choose those different. You can actually be that specific in your targeting, and just keep an eye on that little speedo, that little level gauge showing what's happening to your audience as you click and change things. Because it's pretty easy then to work out what you're actually doing. 
whether you're narrowing your audience or making it broader. Do you have a do you have a range of like people that you want in yeah. that audience? So this is this is the million dollar question, Jess, and it really <laughs> depends on. So for for me on the Central Coast, I've got quite a small um, area that I would be targeting. Mm-hmm. So if, when I'm targeting engaged couples, it's actually going to be under a thousand. Okay. And I actually get warnings from Facebook saying that's too small an audience. Yeah. But the, I don't care because all I need is five to ten engaged couples right now. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm good because if I can photograph five to ten couples, I'm pretty sure ninety percent of those are going to book me anyway. Because once, because yep. what happens is once I go on an engagement shoot with these couples, they first of all we get to know each other. We spend over an hour together. We're we're laughing. We're having fun. I'm getting them in the water. Um, they're hugging and kissing and, and laughing. And I'm showing them some photos and they're like, holy crap, these are awesome. Like we've never had photos like this. Yeah. And I'm not saying every other photographer could do the same thing, but I'm just the first one that's actually done it with this couple. Yeah. And they're like, man, Andrew's awesome. Like we're not <laughs> yeah. looking anywhere else. We're booking yeah. him. And that's where you book the wedding. And I've had couples going through this process that have cancelled their existing photographer that they had booked and then booked me. Huh. And, oh, wow. and given up their deposit because they had so much fun on the engagement shoot. Yeah. So it, it's incredible. I like that because I've seen that warning before and I've actually stopped doing a campaign because of that warning because I think oh, Facebook's not going to show it to anyone. But So you actually override that and just say I'm going for it anyway because yeah. I gather Facebook puts up that warning just because it wants you to spend more money on a broader audience, don't they? But it, it, so it wants you to spend more money on a broader audience plus that Facebook does want you to be successful with your ads because if you're – if you do well with your ads, you will come back and spend more. Yeah. So they do They do want it to work um, as much as get your money. Yeah. Um, so the, the other then a couple of things, if you're talking about saving money and, and being effective, um, I would spend a minimum of $100 for an ad like this over a week, mm-hmm. and I would only show the ad on the Facebook timeline. So I wouldn't show it in Instagram. I wouldn't show it in the, uh, in the, in the stories area. I wouldn't show it anywhere else apart from the Facebook timeline. Um, because your budget will go further and it will continue to look like an actual post yep. uh, rather than like, rather than an ad. Yeah. And you think that getting a comment is better than getting someone to click through to your website. So getting, yeah. Oh, she's hit, she hit me with the good ones now. Right? <laughs> I told you. <laughs> she, she's worth her weight in gold. So there's, um, there's two ways you can do it. So you, you can look for a comment and I know some, some, some creatives get scared about that because they're worried that no one's going to comment and that it's going to yeah. be a big flop. So look, that, yeah. that is a risk you take, but no one cares. Like no one's looking to see whether Ben and Jess's ad was successful or not. Yeah. All, all we want to do is get in front of the right people. So if the right person sees it and they respond, then we can go on and, and, and have a further conversation with them. So two, two things you can, what I would suggest you do if you're going to try this for the listener is mm-hmm. when you put up your ad, if you're looking for comments, um, one of the things you can do is say include a photo, you know, the cuter, the better, something like that to encourage people to post something. Yep. And, and I would then go to one of my or two of my friends and say, hey, guys, I'm just running an ad. Can you quickly jump in there, post a photo and a comment? Oh, yeah. so, that, so when someone else goes there, they think, okay, I'm not the first one to do yep. this. Other people are doing it. So okay. it, looks, it looks like a, a, a genuine real thing and I'm not scared to enter. Yep. Um, the other option you have got, what you say is exactly right, Jess, you can take people to a landing page. I wouldn't take them to your homepage or mm-hmm. anywhere else on your website apart from a landing page. Right. And that landing page, when I talk about a landing page, it, it may not have any navigation, 
but it still sits on my website. So I just turn the navigation off mm-hmm. and the when they go to that page, it has potentially the same photo as in my ad. So the person knows they're in the right place because I'm taking them off Facebook. And it also has the same wording from the ad. And then I might have a little questionnaire in there. Um, so for engaged couples, I might ask, you know, your names, um, how long have you guys been together for, your wedding date, if you have one, where your reception venue is, yeah. um, your favourite place to hang out, that sort of thing, things that, that we talked about. And then I'm going to take those entries and contact, I'm going to contact all of them, but I'm going to look for the best ones first, yeah. ones with the, the best answers, the ones that suit me, and try and book in a, a portrait shoot. That's basically step two, isn't it? So step one. Set up the ad, specific image, specific headline, targeting a specific audience. Uh, you want people to raise their hand, say, and identify with that ad. You want it to look like a post, not an ad. Uh, you want to have some body copy, pretty casual, calling out your specific audience. You basically conclude with the line, talking about engagement. And, you know, if you know someone, a friend of a friend, then please tag them in so you get that engagement. So step two, qualification, just touched on it briefly there. I imagine at this stage you start getting people that drop out. They go, oh, this is too hard. There's five questions there. I don't have time. So yeah, from let's say from a 1,000 people that click through your ad, what sort of response are you getting in terms of people filling out your survey? Okay, so there's no way I'm going to get a 1,000 people. So it's going to be way smaller numbers than that. So I might yep. get um, 30 or 40 people click through. Yep. And that's it. And then I expect to see um, you know, potentially 20 entries out of those people. Oh, right. Generally, because I'm really, I have been super specific and, and that they, they're going to need a wedding photographer. They want some photos. Um, and usually the questions are pretty fun. They're not like, yeah. they're not yeah. long answers. They're either um, check boxes. Mm-hmm. So where do you like to hang out? Uh, the beach, the cafe, on the couch, uh, at the movies, um, bushwalking. And there's like five or six things that are easy to click, you yeah. know, where you guys like to hang out. Um Names, how long have you been together? Like it's pretty simple, fun stuff. What do you like to drink? What's your favourite chocolate? Uh, yep. and, and they're big ones that I do. Not everyone does those. So when when the couple comes back to see their photos, I'm going to have Ben's favourite beer. I'm going to have Jess's favourite chocolate when they come in. And they're going, holy shit, you've got, <laughs> got Coronas, you know, whatever. <laughs> and uh, so there's little things you can ask that are fun. Um, so, yeah, you, you will get some drop off, um, but then then I've got to qualify. So let's say, let's say we're talking to the freelancer and, or a designer you you really need to be qualifying your your the people who respond to your ads carefully because let's say you're going to go in and do a free color consult you, you want to have a look at their website get an idea whether this is a potential client really and i would be talking to them before you say yes to doing anything for free is mm-hmm. is talking about are you looking to do a rebrand? How long has it been since you've been through a rebrand? Um, have you given much thought to it? Um, did you know that most most clients spend um, uh, $2,000 on a rebrand? Is that something you're comfortable with? Okay, so when you ask a, que- a big question like that, so most of my clients spend around $2,000 for a rebrand, is that something you're comfortable with? Mm-hmm. You need to shut up and stop talking and just let that person digest that and give you an answer. Yep. You don't want to start saying uh, it includes this and this and this, and um, and we can probably do it a bit cheaper if that's too much. Yeah, you just got to just stop. <laughs> and by this stage, up. you're on the phone talking to this client. This is a phone conversation. Yes, yeah, so I've got, got their, their details. They've booked in via Calendly or something, and yeah, so scheduled a time. The call is what ten fifteen minutes. 
Yeah, so for me, because I'm not a freelancer, because I'm a photographer, so I, I didn't let anyone book a time. I I would just get their details and I'd try and ring them. Okay. And um, if I got a if I got a if it went to voicemail, I wouldn't leave a message the first three times I tried to ring. Um, if it was the third time, then I would leave a, sorry, the fourth time I'd leave a message and try and have them call me back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but generally, most people pick up if you ring their mobile. As long as you just try different times of the day, rather yeah, than all at um, you know, all at ten a.m. in the morning when someone's probably at work. Yeah. Um, oh. So for, for a freelancer, yes, I, I would try and get them on the phone and have this conversation. You need to be talking to people. You can't do yep. this all by email. I actually tried this strategy. I'll come clean. I tried this uh, when I was setting out to get clients for family portraits. It's quite successful with the ad. You know, I did a nice ad and people responded and next minute had about 15 bookings for family portraits. But this was the step that I missed or that I wasn't quite clear on was ringing people and qualifying them. And it's kind of switching it from a a free giveaway to, hey, there might actually be a sale at the end of this. That, That was the hard part for me. Yeah, so that's the intimidating, scary part because people feel people feel like they're they're doing a switch and uh, a bait and switch, or they're being salesy. And and as creatives, that makes us uncomfortable. Mm. So, what one of the easiest ways to do? Let's say you're a portrait photographer, or, or your ad, Ben, for example. Let's say uh, I'm on the phone with a client who's responded to a free shoot for their kids, and I'm trying to get the whole family there for a family session. What I would say is. Jess, just so you know, like when my clients or when you come back to see these photos, you are going to fall in love with them. You you are going to be in tears and you're going to want them all. <laughs> so I need you to be ready for that. And just so you're aware, most of my clients spend uh, $1,500 to $2,000 on wall art when they see their photos. Is that something you're comfortable with? And just zip it. How do you feel, Jess? Yeah, well, good. <laughs> Glad I know that. <laughs> yeah. So, so now, so you know now that it, you're up for fifteen hundred to two grand potentially, yeah. and and I've told you you're going to love them. So I've got you excited about it. Yeah. And and before we've actually talked about the money, I found out about your your uh, your kids, um, their personalities, um, how how your little daughter loves to hang out with Ben, and everywhere they go, she's grabbing his hand and dragging him to the beach and to the rocks. So you've already told me the photos that I need to get, yeah. and you've also shared some pretty cool things about the family. So we have a bit of a relationship, and then I've told you that you're going to love these photos. How much you might potentially spend? Now, if you said to me, "Well, Andrew," We don't we don't have that budget. There's no way we can spend that right now. I'd say I would say then to you, Jess, that is totally fine. So we can still go ahead and do the shoot, but again, you, you're gonna you're really gonna be concerned or upset that you can't take them all home because you're gonna fall in love with them. Yep. So what we can do, if you want to, we can go and do the shoot. Or how about I let you know when I run another promotion like this in a couple of months' time? Would you rather come back then? Yep. So I'm giving you a nice, easy way to say I'm not ready to spend two grand. Yeah. I'm letting you down gently mm-hmm. and, and not making you feel bad for not having the money, yep. which is totally fine because you, you're not a good fit right now. I don't want to make you upset. Let's just do this in the future and then I'll move on to the next person. Yeah. Excellent. So that's really good insight actually and it's I know you you have a few courses and things where you charge charge money for your courses. So that information is so valuable. Mm. And 
just to summarize, so we've got a $100 ad spend. We've got about 30 to 40 people that have clicked through and given their details from that. From the 30 to 40 clicks, we've got about 20-odd people who've filled out their details. You've got on the phone, I imagine you don't get 100% you know, call back and no, no, talk I- to. So from the 20 that provide details, how many are you actually talking to on the phone? Uh, and I'm then t- how many are you booking for a session? Okay, so I, I'm looking to get all 20 on the phone if I think they're a good fit. Yep. Uh, and I, I, I really, a good case scenario, uh, I'm going to be booking 10 to 12 shoots out of those. All right, so yeah. it's still pretty high, like 50%. Yeah, and then of those 10 to 12, I'm looking to book 80% of those weddings. Right. Yeah. If it's weddings and if it's families, um, then maybe, maybe a little bit less for families. Uh, because I'm going to go a little bit softer. I, I definitely want them. I don't want to do the free shoot. I really rather them cancel then on that phone call if they're not a good fit. Yeah. There's no way I want to be doing a photo shoot if uh, if I'm going into this knowing that they just aren't ready to spend at all. They're just yeah. not in a position to. If I think if I if I get a feeling that that they do have the money to spend if they love their photos but they're just not sure, then sometimes I'll t- I'll take a risk too. Like you have to be able to put yourself out there a little bit. Um, but I'm going to be making sure that I do my best for them to have a fantastic time for me to get great images and make the sales process fun and uh, show them some designs where they're thinking, wow, we really want these on our walls. Yeah, I think it's a critical step, that qualification, because I'll give you my numbers. Back in the day, I remember I did 12 family portrait sessions and I did one sale and it was the last family. So I think I got to the point where... I just didn't care because I'd done all these free sessions and I was like, I was over it. And then the final session, I think I must have just had that attitude of, you know, whatever. <laughs> ended up doing a sale for 1200 bucks. I couldn't believe it. That's so, so good. But I've, I missed that qualification step. A lot of people right. took it as a free shoot, bit of fun. I said yeah. I was building my uh, the wall art basically for a, for a new studio that I was going to build. And I think people took it as that rather than potentially a sale. Yeah, so, so people came to you thinking they were doing you a favour almost. Yeah. Yeah, so that, and, that, and that's fine if they think that when they respond to the ad, that's totally fine, but they have to be aware before the session. This is where creators get uncomfortable. They have to be aware before you commit to a shoot that they will potentially be spending money and they have to have an easy option to get out. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and if they say to me, oh, I thought I was doing you a favour, yeah. I would say, yeah, you, you are but I can't give everything away for free. I can only give one thing away for free because I'm going to invest a lot of time and effort into this. Yeah. So um, certainly you're going to get something for free if you want to go ahead with it. Totally fine. Yeah. But be prepared to fall in love and want to buy more. Yeah. Yeah, like that. And for a designer just going back to them again or illustrator or even an artist that's trying to sell art, then I guess for a designer it would be about having a a consult, a one-hour consult about the business and giving them a free session. Yeah, and it could, look, it could even be a 15-minute consult if it's, say, colours, for example. Yep. Like, it might not need to be that long. Um, the designer might even be able to do a bit of research beforehand uh, and be able to go in with some good ideas. So they would they would have a 15-minute consult or 30-minute consult, um, yep. depending on how the conversation goes, and they then need to talk about what it's going to cost to do a full branding session and make sure that person's comfortable to go forward. And just in terms of artists, to stretch it out even more. <laughs> I'm just thinking, you know, if someone wants a really, really high-quality piece of artwork inside their home that's going to feature prominently inside their home, then maybe it's a it's a Zoom chat about, you know, the layout of the home and 
what color is going to fit with that specific lounge room and other things. So you could get, get really creative with it, couldn't you? Important Absolutely, thing I yeah. think is just getting that conversation started. That, that's what that's what we're looking for with that ad. We're looking to get that. We're looking to get in front of our potential client and start a conversation. Uh, otherwise, we're all just hoping that the phone rings or that yeah. someone goes to our website. I mean, unless you've worked on SEO and things like that, and even throwing an ad up there, like the ad has to be effective. Like it's if it's it's a waste of money if it doesn't work. So if, I would say to anyone listening, if you run a Facebook ad and get no response, then okay, don't don't run the same ad again yep. ever. Like you need to tweak and change and adapt. <laughs> My very first ad's totally hopeless, totally bombed. But I interviewed a, a, a business coach who told me about this style of ads. I created the ad while I was interviewing him and I booked 23 portrait sessions with wow. kids, kids and their dogs. And I created the ad while we're doing the interview. And that was it. That was the basis for the course and then booking engaged couples. And we, it, it just skyrocketed from there. And off you went. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and just, just, just with the, with the artist, um, Ben, or if, if they're looking to do something in someone's home, they could potentially, if it's the right client, they get a good feeling on the phone, they could go to the client's home and talk to the client yeah. uh, as well. It doesn't have to be via Zoom. Uh, yeah. If they're going to do something um, bespoke and, and specific for that client's home. Um, and because I think if the client meets the artist, you're, so, you're already so much more connected. Yeah. Um, you get a feel for them. You fall in love with them, their work, um, how they see things, what they're suggesting as far as what might work in their home, colours. Um, yeah, you're so far in front of the next artist. Yeah, and I, I, you could do a really cool ad too, I think, you know, with a, a genuine picture of a piece of artwork on a wall, on someone's wall, not those generic ones that you can sort of fill in the gaps, but a mm. uh, really nice picture on someone's wall and, you know, someone sees that and thinks, what's this all about? Someone who's in the market for a piece of artwork is going to identify with that and go, oh, what's this all about? Mm. Yep, for sure. for sure. So, yeah, I think that's some really good hints and tips there, Andrew. I guess at that point you've got through, you've – You've booked about, as you said, 80% of people that have uh, that you've spoken to and qualified on the phone. Pricing and the rest is a whole other podcast. So we're doing this session for free, aren't you? So everything beyond that is just according to your packaging and pricing and yeah, but what's preferences. It, well, if, if I'm speaking to... It depends on the, on the business owner. But let's say photographers, for example, just to touch on pricing. Um, let's say you're selling digital files, and this works with printed products or anything really, I, I would always make sure that my pricing leads people to the package that I want to be selling. So let's say I'm only selling digital files. The shoot is for free. Um, and I want to sell, let's say it's a, a photographer that's just breaking into the market. They're happy with a $1,000 sale, for example. Okay. Uh, let, let's say $1,000 sale. I would sell... Uh, one digital file. I'm going off the cuff here real quickly. Um, yeah. Let's say one digital file for $200. Um, could be, let's say 200. Five digital files they can have for 600 and they can have all the digital files for 1100 Okay. Okay, so let's say, so automatically you think, and let's say all the digital files is 30, for example, 30 from a shoot. That's plenty. So, and really, really, you could do one digital file as, as 300, let's say, because then it's to make it worth your while going to do the session. So if someone wants to buy one file, okay, I'm going to be disappointed, but at least I'm getting something for my time. Yep. yep. 
but it also makes five digital files look really cheap because five is five is six hundred dollars. Okay, anyone's going to want five, and once someone's at five, they think, well, for an extra few hundred dollars, I'm going to get all of them. Yeah. So I'll be crazy not just to get all of them. Yeah, yeah. So I've taken you from three hundred to eleven hundred pretty quickly and easily. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So if you're going to sell digital files online, you have to make sure that they're heavily watermarked. So there's no way they're going to want the photos um, as they are with the watermarks. And if you're selling online with something like uh, PicTime or Pixie Set or Shootproof, I would also then offer something like a special where if you buy the photos in the next 48 hours, I'm going to give you an extra 10 or 20% off. Okay. I like that. And so it's basically option A, option B, option C. Option yeah. A is about, you know, your, your base package, 250, 300 bucks. Covering your. Option line. B, about 1,000. Option C, 1,100, which is very close to option B. And. You get the whole package, so you may as well just get option C type thinking. Exactly, that's right. And and the photos in the in the gallery are, are, are ready to go. You know that they, they look fantastic. That's why you're only doing thirty max. Um, again, so this is going to work differently for freelancers and designers. This is more for photographers. Yeah, um, they have products. And then if you have your special, that's twenty uh, percent off for uh, forty eight hours. So you let the client know that the the gallery's up. And it's available. The special's there for 48 hours. Then you send them a text message when there's, um, you know, 12 hours left and when there's two hours left. And then people will generally buy in that last two hours. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, just get them all. <laughs> <laughs> and all this from a $100 ad spend. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, that's right. Potentially. Which is fantastic. Like, it's better than crickets, isn't it? So absolutely, yeah. It's got it's got to be like if we're in if you're in business, you have to generate an income. Otherwise, you will not be in business. You're going to be going back to the full time or the part time job. Mm-hmm. So unless you go in with the mindset of this has to generate an income, then you, you just won't be doing it for long. Yeah, like it's you're going to be going back to the old job. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, and equally, I would add. So I had a, I had a phone call yesterday, uh, a coaching call with a, a fantastic photographer who's an amazing project in the states. She also works for NASA. Like, unbelievable! She works oh, for NASA yeah. as a as a uh, a, a, des- um, a software designer, and she loves her work at NASA. She's got no no inclination to ever leave there. And I said to her, there's no nothing wrong with doing photography as a hobby as well. Like you don't have to make money from photography or from your yeah. art if you just love it for the art's sake. Yeah. And so I, I don't know if you, you come in contact with people like that as well. I mean, if you have a, an amazing job and you love your job, you've got no, no inclination to leave the job, you don't have to have a business with your art. You can just create yeah. art and love yeah. it. Yeah. That's kind of the path that I went down with photography and – I kind of figured that I, I, I stopped enjoying it, I think, when I was doing lots and lots of family portraits, even though they were fun and enjoyable and all the rest. But coming from someone that was single and didn't have kids, I, I found it a little bit hard to relate sometimes. So I kind of went back to doing landscape and ocean photography and the stuff I enjoy because I realized that after the fact, but I still had to take action and know that in the first place. So Nice. He gave it a go and thought, okay, this isn't where my passion is. Yeah, basically. So, but if you and if you if you went into that knowing that it had to pay the mortgage, then you'd probably approach it a little yeah. bit differently. <laughs> and with the baby on the way in October and getting engaged, a totally different mindset now. And I can see where family portraits fit in, and I can see how important they are. So probably a little bit more motivation. <laughs> Maybe I should have another, another go at it. <laughs> <laughs> new, new ads coming out in October. <laughs> yeah, watch out, talkie. <laughs> So, uh, Andrew, that's some awesome advice and processes there that people can 
uh, put into put into practice today. Basically, like you can listen to this podcast and put that into practice if your skills are there. I know we'll come to some links and other things where people can get more info at the end. But it sounds like you got an awesome life. You run the podcasts, a very very popular podcast. You do some occasional shoots and all the rest as well. And you, you know you you do cycling, yeah. Play a bit of golf, and the kids are leaving the nest. You've got the place to yourself. <laughs> it sounds like an idyllic life, but what would you describe as your biggest challenge to date as a as an entrepreneur? Oh wow! I think um, I think when you get in that entrepreneur mindset, you you and you start following other entrepreneurs, and you're listening to them, and you're seeing what they're doing. You feel like you have to be working twenty four seven, and you feel like if you're not working, then you're just being lazy, or you you you, you you're not keeping up. So I think it's um, the hardest thing is to just when you have time off or you're taking time off, just to enjoy that and not be thinking about work. And it's it's a real challenge because it took me a lot. Like, even now, I still struggle. I'm out on the bike and I just, you know, I should be working on this campaign or designing that course or doing this on the website. You just have to enjoy the downtime and, and be in that moment. That's why we took our recent holiday because same thing, like, I'm a freelance writer day to day and we run the podcast and the podcast is building with our mini masterclasses and other things. And Jess is a, a PT as well, runs her own business. So yeah, we definitely have that mindset of, Oh, you know, if we're sitting down watching Netflix, we're wasting time. Yeah. And you're right. It's, it's 24 seven. It's very hard to find the off switch. Yeah. So I think my, um, the biggest asset in my business right now, now is my calendar and I just block out times. If, if the time's blocked out, that is it. That is downtime. Yep. And, uh, and that was the hardest thing because Linda, we obviously have a shared calendar and Linda books in a lot of my work. And when I was building the podcast, she would always be messaging me or coming upstairs and saying, Andrew, there's a request for a shoot. Can you do it? And I'm like, it's crossed out in the calendar. I'm, 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 going to ride my bike at that time. That's yep. it. And she's like, it's, it's an old client. You sure you can't do it? They've asked for you. They really want yep. you. You know them from last time. And I'd say, okay, yeah, I'll go and do it. And then I'd be cranky at the shoot. I'd be cranky yeah. at the saying yes. I'd be yeah. cranky for a week leading up to it. I'm like, <laughs> I should never have said yes. And then so we, we both worked on that. And now if it's blocked out in the diary, then, you know, Linda doesn't ask and I, and I know it's locked out. Yeah. So zero compromise when it's blocked out. Try, try to be, try to be. Yeah. Yep. Do you use any other apps to keep your day running smooth, or just that, Google that, Calendar? Yeah, it's not even Google Calendar. It's the uh, the iCal Calendar on yeah. um, with BusyMac on on the Mac. Yeah. Um, we just share that through the studio between the, the three of us, and um, that sort of governs the day. Yeah. And especially because I'm scheduling interviews all the time too, it syncs to Acuity Scheduling, which is what I use for the podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, so I just I have to go months in advance and block out when I'm riding my bike or if I've got to <laughs> uh, go on a holiday or have playing golf, whatever, I put it all in the diary. Um, so they're blocked off. 18 holes at Central Coast local. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 10 a.m. till 5 p.m. <laughs> well, I like that. It's yeah, t- making a deliberate a deliberate move to block out some time in your calendar and make sure that's that's your time. Yeah. And, and look, and I think when you're younger and you're starting out and you it's it's just you know pedal to the metal, then you're going to have a lot less time blocked out, and you mm-hmm. have to, you're probably going to have to make some compromises because you're building the business. Yeah. yeah. But then as you get old, but it's, and it's hard to you know get out of that mindset as you get older. Um, and you guys, once you have kids and uh, stuff, you're going to have to do that too. And it's yeah. it's going to be you're going to have some big conversations about man. 
Ben, you have to, you got to spend some more time at home and, and you want us yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's all coming. <laughs> yeah. ben, can we sell those surfboards? <laughs> Zero compromise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andrew, who inspires you in this world? Getting conscious every time. I think we've gone nearly an hour and a half or just over an hour there. So getting conscious every time. But who inspires you in this world? Oh, wow. Um, Nice open-ended question. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. There's no one particular person. I think. Uh, I think anyone that has a good work-life balance. Um, you know, I, I don't want to be working 60, 70, 80 hours a week um, you know, the the whole time. I want to have time to do those other things in my life as well. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I take inspiration from from photographers, artists, entrepreneurs, um, family, friends. Yeah, anyone. If someone's doing something cool, I think, yeah, I want, I want to be like that. So, yeah, yeah. That's, and I'm going to try and incorporate that into my life. That's enough. Yeah, I like that. And that comes, that theme comes across in your podcast constantly as well, because people kind of they tune into your podcast, and as you say, they throw it against, they throw everything against the wall, and then see what works, what doesn't work. Uh, they build their systems, and then next minute, it's kind of on autopilot. Apart from actually showing up and shooting and all the rest. It, there is a point where you can press a button in terms of Facebook ads and I've spoken to some of the people that listen to your podcast and who are friends of mine and they run su- successful portrait businesses and other things now and it's it sounds like most of it is on autopilot because of your podcast and so I guess mm. you connect a lot with people that share that philosophy about not working 67 hour weeks. Yeah, that's life's too short. Life's too short. But like I keep saying, but but when you're younger and you're building, you've got yeah. it. You got to go hard. Yeah. So yep. but you just have to know when to step back as well. And when when you, when you do step back, have a proper break. Like just forget about work for that that time, whether it's an hour, two hours a week, whatever it is. Go for it's surf. Di- it's difficult. It's difficult. No, it definitely is. It's easier said than done, but it's definitely possible. Uh, Andrew, really appreciate your time on this podcast today. We've got so much value out of that, and you've basically given away your entire course there. I know you're off. <laughs> do you still offer a course there in Facebook ads? And yeah, yeah, like it still goes amazing. Like it just works and works and works. It's it's amazing. So um, I think you were going to ask me about some links. For, yeah, for the- just a bit of time to fire cool. away. So for the listener who, who sort of would follow along there and thinking, man, that was rapid fire, because most of the complaints <laughs> yeah. I get is you covered too much too quick. Yeah. Um, there's a cheat sheet which basically steps you through. It, it is, I guess it's designed for photographers, but anyone listening could apply this. If you go to uh, photobizx.com forward slash cheat sheet, uh, it'll, it'll get, take you to a download there. So it's photobizx.com forward slash cheat sheet. And that's the Facebook ads cheat sheet. Um, it'll step you through those things we covered. Yeah, awesome. And we binged a lot of your podcasts on our holiday recently in New South Wales and just couldn't believe that we were getting you on board today for a, for a yeah. podcast. So. <laughs> it's been good to chat. It's so nice yeah. to put uh, faces to names and um, hear about yeah. you guys. And um, sounds like life's about to take some big twists and turns for you as well with a baby yeah. on the way. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a warning? <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. I'll, t- I'll tell you, that I'll t- I will tell you, though, that the time speeds up once the baby's born, that is for sure. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> any any tips for dealing with lack of sleep? <laughs> I, I didn't struggle too much with that because Lin- <laughs> Linda would tell you that I would sleep through anything. Um, I would be up, we'd be up in the morning, and I said, "Oh, look, the kids slept through." She goes, "You idiot!" She said they were up two or three times, <laughs> and I was up to them. That started happening already. Just as little Barb is kicking and punching and <laughs> yeah, moving right. around, wiggling around, and I'm. 
lying next to her snoring my head off. Oblivious <laughs> to the whole thing. But she's been up from 1am to 6am. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it's gonna, you're going to have some sleepless nights, but um, yeah. mainly you, Jess. You should be right, Ben, if you're a heavy sleeper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be right if I'm in a different bedroom. <laughs> okay. You're going to be in trouble after this recording. Yeah. <laughs> he is. Let's end it. So uh, Jess, where can we go to keep following Surf Coast Creatives? Uh, uh, head over to the website, surfcoastcreatives.com, or we're on Facebook where you can join us for our uh, on our community page. Um, we'd love to see you over there, see what you're doing and why the podcast inspires you. And then if you have any um, questions for upcoming guests, you can post them in there as well. So Surf Coast Creatives community on the Facebook page. Actually, Andrew, we'd love to get you on that page if you're if you're not already, I know you like our page. I don't know if you're in the part, part of the community page, but is it a group or a page? Uh, uh, a, a group, sorry. Group. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll jump in yeah. there for sure. I'd love to. Yeah. And I'm happy to answer any questions. Thank you so much for your time today. It was really, really nice to chat to you and meet you in person or face to face. Online? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's my pleasure, guys. Love what you guys are doing. And uh, the, the meetups sound fantastic. The whole, um, the whole community you guys are building sounds awesome. So massive congrats. It sounds awesome. Uh, thanks, Andrew. And yeah, thanks very much for your time today. Really, really appreciate it. One of my favorite podcasts, Photo Biz X. So make sure you tune into that if you get a chance. But otherwise, are you golfing this afternoon or? I will go and bike? hit some balls. I'll definitely go and hit some. I've already been for a ride. I'll go and hit some balls this afternoon and we're going to go look oh. at a block of land. See what oh, oh, nice. very nice. Yeah. Very good. Well, good luck with that. And thanks again, Andrew. Thanks, guys. <laughs>